Parents, welcome to this edition of the Colt News Podcast. Once again, this is Matt Helsher, principal of Jackson Hole Middle School. Um, and today, I'm joined with Jeff Buckholtz from We End Violence. Hi, Jeff. Hello, hello. Um, Jeff, so We End Violence. Um, tell us a little bit about your company and your mission and what you're all about. So we established We End Violence as a, a social business, and our, our goal was to shift the culture so uh, violence, abuse, discrimination did not happen anymore. And uh, we, we felt then that it was possible and it was important and we feel it is still possible and perhaps even more important than ever now um, in, in a sense that we, we have an opportunity as a culture to, to move away from a world where this uh, type of violence and abuse is normal and normalized to one where it doesn't happen often anymore. So mm -hmm. the organization was designed to, to help communities do that and it has been a real treat to come to Jackson for uh, almost five years now and, and, and work on that with the community. Um, yeah, speaking of which, um, you've worked with us for about five, six years now. Um, where have you seen like kind of the evolution of your work with Teton County School District evolve um, over the course of these last five, five years? Yeah, it's, it's actually been long enough now that I've had contact with students who saw me when they were ninth graders and are now graduated in college and, yeah. and talking about how um, the conversations we had about consent way back when you know uh, they were ninth graders actually influenced how they they experienced and thought about things in school at, at college when they went away. Um, I'd say one of the big changes is I, I every time we do this, it seems like there's more and more community members involved, and I think that has been a really exciting mm -hmm. uh, development and a really exciting. Um, I won't say it, it's a really encouraging thing, right? Not just that the that the work that we're investing in, that the work that Community Safety Network and uh, the district and, and you and I have been doing matters, but I, I, I think it's more encouraging because I fell in love with this place the second I, I, I landed. I mean, I remember the first time that plane flew past the Tetons and I went, oh my gosh, and I was, I was hooked. And what I realized was that there was a, a really amazing community attached to this beautiful place. And I think the most encouraging thing for me has been seeing the people of this community w investing in and wanting to build a community that that is as beautiful in terms of the way we treat each other and the way that we get to live in a safe and healthy environment. They want that beauty as much as they want, you know, the aesthetic beauty and the, the great uh, restaurants and other stuff. And I, I think that it says a lot about the members of this community that, that we, we together have been able to have that conversation and, and keep it going and growing it. Uh, yeah, I think that's why, you know, I've been here 17 years and what attracts me to this community is, I think it's more diverse than people ever really think of Wyoming. Um, and it's also diverse in its ideas. Um, it's diverse in its um, uh, commitment to all different walks of life, uh, which is, eh, I'd say, relatively unique for Wyoming. Um, and kind of why I love being a principal here at the middle school is um, um, all the different types of students I get to see. Um, and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head there with the partnerships. Um, the school is able to partner with many different nonprofits and uh, really around a common mission of what's best for our kids and what's best for our larger community. So, yeah, you are kind of incredible as a community where you've got the ro your 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 NGOs, your nonprofits are are as robust, if not more, than some of the the nonprofits I work with in very large cities uh, across the country. Mm -hmm. um, but you're in a small community, so uh, you've got you've got really incredible resources that are that are um, able that that if we as we all leverage them and work with them and partner with them, they've, they've got the capacity to really help this community kind of realize the change and realize the vision of what of what Jackson can be moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you're speaking tonight to parents um, in the larger community. What's kind of your theme tonight? Um, to give parents a quick preview. 
Uh, I think the number one theme for me uh, with the parents tonight is to try to help the parents uh, feel more comfortable having conversations with their kids around difficult topics. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that the, the number one problem that the, the kids tell me they have in terms of talking with their parents is actually that their parents get uncomfortable when the kids bring stuff up. And so kids don't bring it up because they anticipate parents will be awkward and weird about it. Yeah. Um, and parents, I ask the parents, they're like, well, it is awkward and weird. And, and I, I'm not sure that I want to talk to my kid about these things. And I, I, I think the school can do a lot, but obviously um, uh, obviously parents and, and home life are a really important space for creating a young person's ideas about um, healthy and unhealthy and right and wrong, um, you know, ideas about, about consent, uh, what's appropriate, how to, how to promote and practice respect for other people, especially when it comes to, to stuff that's very intimate like relationships and sex. And so um, the goal tonight is to help, uh, the parent, to help frame some of what the kids are exposed to uh, and, and kind of going through some of the research and, and stuff we know about how kids are now talking about mm -hmm. uh, sex and sexuality and relationships as, as a, in large portion as a result of um, the internet. Right. I yeah. mean, people say social media. But I mean, just as we were talking about earlier, just even being able to type something into a Google search changes everything um, in terms of how you learn. So we'll talk about that, and I think we'll spend a fair amount of time talking about how to how to broach the topic with your kids and and create space that can be uh, productive and and kind of I would put it as um, finding comfort in the awkward. Yeah, definitely. Um... You know, one thing that's been on my mind is, do you see with the kind of the national attention that's been drawn with the hashtag MeToo movement, um, more of a focus, has that helped you in terms of delivering your message? Um, because I get a little bit of pushback sometimes around, is this age appropriate for, um, for sixth graders or seventh graders or eighth graders? And has that kind of helped the national attention? Has that helped with you delivering your message? Um, to a younger audience, and yeah. is that appropriate? I think that's a good question. I, I, I would I would say it actually really does vary community to community. I think some communities um, it has helped us access um, parents and kids and 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 schools and uh, for that matter college students and military bases. I mean, all of those places have opened up over the last five years, um, and with the hashtag trending more over the last couple. Um, there are there are some places where I think the the fear the, there's a there's a couple things I say right that, that I like to talk about in terms of what what me too means and it can mean different things to different people and I think unfortunately one of the more more recognized uh, perceptions of of the me too movement is a a thought of it as it relates to for lack of a better term just like the Harvey Weinstein um, you know. Uh, uh, Louis, Louis C.K., like yeah. the, the big sexual harassment scandal stories that kind of fly around. And so what a lot of the conversation has turned to is a conversation that I'll, I'll use around, and I'll use this word loosely, but um, kind of like policing our interactions uh, in, as they relate to sex and sexuality and, and certainly across genders. And so um, I think that's unfortunate because what I, what I think the Me Too movement um, has the opportunity to give us is, is space. It, it opens up room for us to go, hey, look, if if there are all these people that say bad stuff is happening to them, and while we don't have to worry about whether each individual case was legal or illegal, whether it was um, fair or unfair, or w what the accusation looks like, I think we get, um, as I put it with my students, I say we get too law and ordered around it, right? We, we want like a, we want to know what happened, or, you know, we want the dunk dunk, and then we have a solution. And I think what this really is is an opportunity for us to, to dive into an uncomfortable space, which is a real conversation about 
how if all these people are coming forward and saying this is happening, then the Me Too movement is not just a solidarity movement for victims or an accountability movement. We have to put a comma in it and realize that it's about me, comma, too. Mm-hmm. That this, this conversation is an opportunity for me to say, how have I been exposed to ideas around um, what's appropriate and what's inappropriate? What things did we let go for a long time that now we're kind of saying like, yeah, maybe that makes people feel uncomfortable in the workspace. And if someone says it makes them feel uncomfortable, even if we think we should be able to say it, maybe it's time for us to go, well, if it makes you uncomfortable, perhaps I can find a different way of communicating. Perhaps I can find a different way of connecting. So has it helped with access to schools? I would say sure, some. Um, I think it helps when we look at it as an opportunity rather than looking at it as this, um, we're now we're now catching people and, and punishing them, that policing law and order kind of aspect to it. I think when we think about our own relationship to these topics day in and day out that we have all participated. I mean, like I run a, I run this business, right? But I would be like a flat out hypocrite liar if I looked at you and was like, I've never said anything inappropriate to someone mm-hmm. that I've never, I've never objectified someone um, that I've never, I've, I've always been respectful to everyone I ever dated. I mean, I, that's not, that's not true. It's just not, it's just not true. And I, I think this is an opportunity for us to reflect on that and go, yeah, if I want an inclusive and safe and healthier world, then maybe I do have to look at how I talked about sex with my buddies and wonder if the way we talked about that was the safest, healthiest way to do it. Was it helping the young women we were talking about feel empowered or was it not? And I think that if we reflect on that and use it as that opportunity, then I think it's, it, it is a great um, you know, jumping off point for us to say, yeah, let's build this inclusive world and this movement filled with survivors saying, yo, this has happened to us, please hear our voices, is a great place to motivate us to say, yeah, we don't want that to happen anymore, so we, we can change the way we think. Yeah, that was your main message today with the students is what kind of school do we want? We all want a school of respect. We want a school of where we feel um, respected. And I wrote it down, you said, uh, treat others the way they want to be treated, not just the way you want to be treated. Right. Um, and so um, that's a message that anyone can hear. Sixth grader, seventh grader, eighth grader, or or, or seventy-five year old for that matter. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of the message. I, I know you're talking tomorrow to uh, the broader community of the conversations for men. Um, I, I went to the first one, and it was is more about that. It was just about, hey, we don't have the answers here, uh, but this is a free space to just talk uh, about our actions, about our behaviors, and what kind of community we truly do want. Yeah, and I think that's the beautiful opportunity, right? It doesn't. We don't have to sit around and adjudicate whether everything is right or wrong by some narrow standard. I think what we sit around and say is like, if we want this better world, what choices do we have to make? Mm-hmm. If I want a world where, if I want a world where the young girl sits across from me feels like she has as much of a voice as I do, or the young boy sitting across from me feels the same, then there are some choices I'm gonna have to make. If I, if I want the, the, um, the, the students who are new to this community to feel as, as welcome as anyone who's been there their, here their entire lives, I have choices to make about how I do that. And, I, I, I want to encourage you know the listeners to think that this is not a conversation about like are you a good person or are you a bad person. I, I think when we ask the students about respect, I also said to them multiple times, I, I was like, this isn't a you either do it perfectly or you failed kind of thing. It's it's about effort, right? I mean, like if we want to, if we try, and we put that effort in, there's no question we can build more inclusive and healthier spaces. I mean, we we've seen our ability to do that usually in little doses here and there or maybe in in one group of friends who you've really established that with or or one doctor's office where everyone just really is you know super cool I mean we we can see the results we know we want them and I think it's then a question for us to say yeah it may be difficult but I have to make a choice now about which world I want to live in and I 
you know, our team, as we've been talking more about um, how to engage young people, especially the middle schoolers around this topic, um, you know, we were sitting around, we had a really important conversation the other night where we were talking about um, who, who, is, who is, in a sense, the best situated to create a vision for a new world that looks healthier and safer. And we were sitting there and we're like, it's the kids. Yeah. They're, they, they're not bogged down with all the, the weight that I carry around. I mean, and, and I'm, I just turned 40, but I mean, like, I've I, I missed my chance to build that world in some ways. Like, I'm trying now, right? But, but the kids, they can imagine things we can't. I mean, it's the beauty of childhood. They can, they can think of a world in a different way than, than we can. And I think the, the goal here now is to say, if we want that, we've got we've to build space for them to get there. And we've got to give them tools and resources to get there. And if we do that, these kids could literally carry us on their shoulders to a safer and healthier world. And I, I, I really believe they're capable of that. I don't think they can do it without support, but I do think that they can do it. And I think that that's, that's, that's kind of like an exciting vision for the, for the future that, you know, um, as the you know, famous song said, I believe the children are our future. And I, I think that that, for me, means more than just like they're the obvious future because we're all going to eventually die and they'll be alive. I think it's a much more profound statement about they can do and see things in a way that we may not be able to. And if we look to them for that guidance as much as they look to us for guidance, mm-hmm. I think we're going to be in a, a really good space to build, a, uh, at least in this community, to build a Jackson that, that match, that again, where the, the beauty of of interaction and connection and community and inclusivity matches the beauty um, of the space itself. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, I'm glad I recorded that. <laughs> uh, you're back in January. Yes. Um, and I know you're working with us to create some curriculum uh, to kind of put that into, into practice. Um, so I guess my message to parents is, you know, if you can't catch Jeff tonight um, and you missed him this uh, November round, be back in January. Um, speaking to our students again, uh, launching some curriculum with us, and uh, you know, have another opportunity to probably speak to parents in the community. So yeah, absolutely. I, I just want to say thanks. And, it's been uh, my pleasure. I love being here. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, thanks, man. Okay, thanks, Jeff.